explanation. All right, Gus. All right, I'm Dom. Good. This this is going right. That means it's oh, going. That means it's going. Because I don't want to fuck it up. That means we're. Rolling. I've never had this much power. <laughs> this much control. Never had this much raw power. Yeah. Remember when I t- said that thing about taking it raw? That last episode. I sure don't. Well, I cut but it. Thanks for reminding me. I cut it to where, because like, we had to redo the outro for the Snyder cut. Right. I cut it to where, like, we have that just we have like that little like, bump 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 that little piece there between like where we stopped talking and when we did the outro. Yeah. And when I started the outro, I just started with with me saying it's just easier to take it raw. <laughs> oh no! Like that's how it starts. <laughs> I didn't notice that actually. I thought it was pretty funny. You know what's actually crazy? But I'm also kind of a potty humor guy. So. You know what's crazy? What? That we, in that episode, were talking about how amazing it would be for them to release a black and white version. And the and next day... the next day after recording? They release a black and white version. Well, because they said they were... I'm pretty sure Zack Snyder had said, like, we're going to... It's going to happen. They didn't give a Dude, date or I anything, I didn't know though. that. I had yeah. no clue. I knew he wanted it to happen. I didn't realize that it was going to be the next day. Yeah. Like, the day after we were like, it would be dope to see this in black cool. and white. And uh, you know what I did? Yeah. I watched the whole thing in black and white. Did you really? White. Maybe Not we, the whole, maybe like two hours. You know, you know what that so. tells me? What? It tells me we actually know what we're talking about. It tells me that we, when we, that, talk that, about, we have, that we have a vision for that kind of stuff. We actually have kind of a, like a, a knowledge that's solid enough to where when we talk about something like that, it's not super outlandish. Yeah. I loved it. All right, dude. Let's talk Kong, Godzilla vs. Kong, baby. Let me tell you... Um, this was my one of my more anticipated movies for 2020 before COVID shut everything down. And when they dropped the first trailer back in like you know, February or whenever, I the excitement grew. Like, because I don't know why. I think the Godzilla franchise so far has done a really good job of making the movies about the monsters and not like spending too much time on the humans. Yes. It's one of the biggest criticisms I have about like Transformers is Transformers spends a lot of time on the humans and all the humans kind of suck. Like there's not a single one that I've ever cared about in any of the Transformers movies outside maybe the first one. And even then it was very light. I I go, you know what I'm saying? And when I heard about like the crew they got for this movie and just you know, kind of the money they were putting behind it. I was like, this is gonna be, it's gonna be like a matchup of of the decade for like yeah. monster movies. And after watching it, after having watched it with you, we got to watch it on the on the nice projector at your family's house. It's pretty sick. It was a good way to watch. It was a really good way to watch it. Yep. It was uh, it lived up to every expectation I could have ever wanted. Dude, it, it to was. Live up to. I actually saw. I like that you mentioned right off the bat. That it was about the monsters and not about the people. Because I actually saw, I read an article. Maybe it was by Vulture. I don't want to. I don't want to say for sure because I I don't remember where it was. But they right. basically wrote like that as a negative. They were like, "Well, if you don't care about the story and you just want to watch monsters fight, I guess this is the movie for you." And I said, "Yeah, exactly. Yes, that is exactly what you I nailed want. it." Um, thank you. I, I was like. Great review <laughs> because, I think, because that's, I mean, and we talked about this while we were watching it. Like yeah. they just, they made it a monster movie, a, a Kong yeah. and Godzilla movie was at times was the story a little bit incoherent. Yeah. A little bit, but again, but that's like, 
that's not what I was watching for. I was right. watching for this showdown of two of the most iconic movie monsters of all time. Right. It was still, yeah, the plot was at times incoherent, maybe felt a little rushed, but it was still like simple enough to where I was never confused as to like where we were headed. Like, right. I, it was I, th- I think super, it was more super, like simple premise, which is perfect for a movie like this. I think it was more incoherent in terms of character motivation than anything. That's, yep, that's they, fair, yeah. it, it didn't really spend too much time explaining to us the why. Mm-hmm. It just kind of sh- said, like, this is where we're headed. Right. Hang on for the ride kind of thing. And I, did, thing, I didn't hate that. That worked so well because, like, everyone's kind of, like, you get enough setup for each character that you're like, okay, they're a scientist or they're, you know, some expert in something or whatever. You get just enough of that to know this is what they do. And they're gonna go on this like they don't spend you know half an hour of two and a, of a two and a half hour movie like giving these guys background or or you know like pussyfooting around in a city trying to convince them to yeah. do shit or anything like like they the movie starts you get you know a little glimpse of of Godzilla like torch in a city and then all the characters just kind of move on for, like just move from there. Right. right. Well, and they don't they don't spend too much time trying to, you know, explain sort of the futuristic technologies or right. the like science behind because who cares? Yeah. Who, like we're nobody, we're nobody we're put cares. into this story where yeah. we understand that they we we kind of just understand that there are things that we won't understand. And like in right. this in this instance, like that worked perfectly fine for me. It didn't bother oh, yeah. me at all right. to not have yeah, I was, you know, those in-depth explanations. It didn't I don't know who I was talking to. I was talking to someone. They're like, how do we go from Godzilla 2014 or 2013 to where all the tech was just basic military tech and now they have like, you know, Avengers Endgame level tech. Yeah. And I was like, well, here's how I look at it. One, it's been six years on the timeline of like events that have happened. It's been six years. Uh, Two, who cares? Correct. Who cares? Because all I want to see, I want this to be like a Rocky movie. I want... Rocky and Apollo Creed to be duking it out in a huge fight. And I, you know, I, yeah. I don't need yeah. a whole bunch of random ass stuff about all the side characters. But I, to the movie's credit, enough of the characters are at least somewhat interesting. Like, I actually, like, want to see how they're affected by what's going on. It, mm-hmm. And granted, it's like two of them. It's Rebecca Hall's character and the deaf girl. Yeah. Like, those characters. But here's the thing. Any other like big like kaiju movie or Transformers to any movie with like big, you know, supernatural things or giant robot like none of those have that. None of them have that. And this one actually had characters. I was like, all right, I can get behind those two. Yeah, I mean, it was. And I was. I like that. It was. It was kind of. It was kind of nice to feel like I'm not just like I'm not just watching to get. I am watching to get to the next big battle. But all the moments in between, I'm not sitting there like. Right, this is really well, and really I like I or... like the way that they kind of just got straight to Kong and straight to Godzilla. They mm-hmm. they didn't spend a whole bunch of time. Right. They didn't they didn't have to reintroduce us to characters, and I feel like in right. in sequels and in in series like this, a lot mm-hmm. of times we have we get stuck watching these reintroductions of characters that we're already familiar with, right. or in this case, monsters that we're already familiar with. And well, I, I'm glad right. they didn't put us through that. They were like. Here you are in yeah. the story. 
Let's just get right to it. Or that you also run into a problem in sequels with movies like this where the characters are like completely different people at the start. Of, like yeah. the, mo- the, fr- the movie that they were in last ends and they're in this place. And then all of a sudden the next movie starts and they're like in a, in a position where you have to rebuild like an entire character arc for them. And it just is like a kind of a jarring, uh, it's it's a a jarring issue, especially for characters. Because why would you, why would you make a movie about monsters fighting each other, and put the character reintroduce a character in like a completely different setting with completely different motivations, mm-hmm. completely different attitudes? That's a huge problem that's been going on in this like genre of movie making for a long time. And this movie just kind of brushes that aside gives us a few simple characters doing a very simple task doesn't doesn't like waste time and just gets the ball rolling and i gotta say dude the last 45 minutes of this movie when they're in hong are they're in hong i think they're in hong kong they're somewhere in china i think hong kong yes so you know they get to they get to hong kong and godzilla's been there he like feels Kong in the whatever hollow earth like discovering all this shit and the movie just just like the movie's already going at like a breakneck speed yeah. at that point but when that moment hits I mean you get some of the best cinematography color scheme like that last 45 minutes when they're just duking it out for that entire period of time plus kind of spoiler alert Mechagodzilla is, is in this part of the movie too like seeing those three yeah, just for an extended period of time, fighting as if it was just like two dudes fighting in a back alley, and that's how it's shot too. That's another great thing yes. about this movie. Yeah, the way they shoot the actual like fight sequences was very very fun. Like, well, and it, and it showed the it showed the scale of the monsters, which I thought right. was really cool because they're kind of unfazed by these you know towering buildings and whatever's going on in the city right and by the way they killed a lot of people a lot of people a lot of people died Mm -hmm. but hey here's the thing a lot of people died in the other the first three movies too yeah a lot of people are dead in this franchise (laughs) i don't know what i don't know how affected the world population is by these movies but i just think that it's a uh, lot i just think that um, the director Adam Adam Wingate, right? Win Wingard. Is it Wingate or Wingard? Wingard. 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 Um, yeah. I think he just had a very good understanding of what was important and what wasn't for this franchise. Oh and, yeah. And he had an understanding of what when people go to theaters to see yeah. Kong versus Godzilla, he mm-hmm. he knew what the people wanted from it. Oh yeah. And. And he he historically has done a bunch of like horror movies. He's like an underground indie horror yeah. guy. And, and let me tell you though, those movies in their own right are very visually, like very good visual horror films. Mm-hmm. Which is, and I think we talked about this like as we started watching the movie. You know, I was telling you this is directed by Adam Wingard. He's like an underground horror guy, and I was excited that he was directing because good horror directors are very. I think very visually inclined, right? Mm-hmm. So the fact that he got to come on with a movie like this, that's about giant monsters duking it out, killing a bunch, like and killing a bunch of people and destroying cities, all this stuff. The fact that he got to put that into his mind and go, this is how I would let it play out visually. I think was a, a great, great choice by, I know we shit on Warner brothers a lot, but this yeah. is actually an instance where I thought 
they brought on the perf the the perfect guy to direct this movie. Yeah, I I also think it was cool the way that. I mean, Kong was kind of established as the clear antagonist, if you want to call him that. Right. Godzilla was never really the villain. Yes. Which I, which I mean, he wasn't. Well, Kong was Kong. Godzilla was like Godzilla was not the villain. The villain was the guy. Right. I don't even really know what he was trying to do. He was. They're trying to. Well, they were creating Mechagodzilla they were creating to like Godzilla. have a, a. They wanted their own equivalent. Right. They essentially. wanted. Yeah. They wanted a, their own titan to rule the world. But it was it was weird. It was weird watching it because you know Kong and Godzilla were. They're they're almost framed as. Um, obviously, they're they're titans, but they're almost framed as like the way that we see like the animal kingdom where it's right. their world and we're living in it right. type thing. And because right. we're, we're watching these two monsters duke it out and you're kind of cheering for Kong the entire time. Right. He's, he's kind he's of the, the underdog. He's like, the underdog. He's the one that doesn't really care to be like, a part of it. He's, he's just defending himself. The, basically the parallels of like Godzilla and Kong to this movie to Apollo Creed and Rocky and the original rock. Yeah. Like it's legit. Like Creed is Creed is the king of boxing. Right, Paul Creed is king. Godzilla is king of the monsters, yeah. and Rocky just kind of gets thrown into this world as like this amateur brawler, and they just want him to have like this big fight for Apollo to win and make a bunch of money. Or I don't, I don't remember these, but it's kind of the same thing with with Kong here. Kong's just kind of like chilling, trying to like find a good home to live in, right? And then he just kind of gets thrown into this world. They're like, and all like, right, this you gotta, is the this like, is the path he has to take. You to got to fight there. this guy now. And yeah. He's like, I don't really want to do this. They're like. But you could be king of the monsters, and he's like, I okay. still don't want to do it, but all right, like here, well, we, here it, we go, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and but it's it's just funny watching that go down because in the back of your mind you realize how much like damage and destruction they're causing and how, right. how many lives are being lost. Mm-hmm. But also to them, like from their point of view, that wouldn't be important. It is they, inconsequential. They do, they do not care. There's about literally that. zero consequence to all they're, the people that are dying. Yeah. They're basically just fighting for their own survival. Both of them. Yeah. And so like, I, I just think that the way that they framed the relationship, if you want to call it that right. between Kong and Godzilla is, mm-hmm. is kind of cool. And it goes back to the fact that, um, the people in this movie don't really matter. Like no. what they are doing has no effect on Kong and Godzilla. Right. It's it's completely a it's there to it serves a purpose to kind of like help Kong get where he needs to be. Well, basically. and it drives the story. Because and it drives they, the story a little you bit. You need that. But really, the story is driven by who is who's going to win? Is it going to be Godzilla or is it going to be Kong? Yeah. And that's exactly what I wanted. And the little cherry on top was the fact that while I was watching it, it felt coherent. The, right. All the fight sequences felt very coherent. They were moving in the space in a, a linear, logical fat. Everything felt complete. You know, one of the biggest problems with action movies is sometimes fight scenes can feel a little incoherent. Like all of a sudden they're in a new space. Like they jump to certain spaces in time that feel like there's gaps there. This movie has none of that. Well, and, 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 and choreographing a fight between two non-humans yeah. mm-hmm. is no easy task. Oh, and, no. and they did a wonderful job. Of Dude, it. some of the places they put the camera yeah. in these fights was just, oh man, so good. Dude, they if do this, these amazing tight close-ups of Kong and Godzilla's face, oh man. I'll, I'll, I'll say it right now. If this mm-hmm. movie is not nominated for Oscars next year for 
CGI for cinematography oh, for dude. sound editing and sound design, I'm going to lose my mind. Because, I, dude, oh, yeah. The, Oh, absolutely. The sound, the sound design was beautiful. It's oh, so good. It was absolutely so beautiful. Good. The music, the music fits well into this too. And just, I don't like, I don't know what, I remember when I, when I saw the first like Godzilla that came out in 2013 or 2014, I, I was reading in a lot to how they like did sound design for his, for his roar. And mm-hmm. cause back in the day, it was like a huge deal how they did it because they combined all these different sounds and it was like of a, like different animals, and, different animals and like car screeching. And yeah, yeah. It was like this groundbreaking sound design back in the fifties when they did the original Godzilla. So that was a, a big a big deal with twenty thirteen Godzilla too because they wanted to create a sound that was like, you know, that paid respect to the original Godzilla but still was like it's you know well and like a lot for of the modern it, era it, for its time too that was kind of groundbreaking and Mm -hmm. that's that's how a lot of even still today yeah a lot of movie monster sounds and like the sounds in like jurassic park and right all and movies like that where Mm -hmm. it's a a species that is fictional that we don't really have a sound for Mm -hmm. that's how they're made they're made by compiling a whole bunch of other random stuff Right from other animals, for from the human world, whatever it is, right. that's how they make it, and it kind of started with it, like Godzilla that. Was like one God, of the... Godzilla doing it in the fifties was yeah. a lot bigger deal than what it is movies doing it today. Right, right, and I don't know. Like one of the things, one of the other things I loved. I mean, Godzilla was great because you know, and Kong too, because of how well they kind of just kind of mold into this and they mold into the story and the sound design music cinematography all play into all of like the the kind of uh advantages that a character a character like this has one of the yeah. things i loved about godzilla and this is a super simple thing was he actually was like really mobile in this movie i feel like in like yeah in the first two godzilla new godzilla movies he's kind of like like a slow it looks like he's slow and lumbering all the time in this movie, he fucking like runs around, and there are there are a few moments where like Kong's like in some shit, like he's in trouble because mm-hmm. Godzilla's just fucking peeling well, right and it, at and him. It was... and those are actually kind of scary moments too. Like when those play out, you're like, oh shit, he's running at him really fast. Didn't see, didn't think that was gonna happen. Yeah, well, and I was actually kind of worried about that at first because his body dimensions are a little aren't. He's a thick boy. He's a, he's a big boy. He's big. He's he big big he big um so so i was worried i was worried not that they weren't going to be able to pull it off but that it would look out of place to have godzilla moving in the way that he did right and it really it wasn't choppy at all it was no it was pretty smooth and especially especially when he's in the water which is awesome because he's always been like an aquatic creature right and so it's super cool the scenes where he's moving through the water and Mm-hmm. Like the the way that they and it's and it's for both of them the way that they established yeah. the movements of both of the monsters looked really good. Oh yeah, and and we talked about too how they avoided um, they avoided getting themselves into the uncanny valley. Right. It was the CGI was beautiful. It was so. Dude, I, I loved it. it. it I thought so it was. Good. I thought it was amazing. But mm-hmm. it also they weren't trying to be so realistic that it looked out of place. Right. Right. And and. I'm I'm most impressed. Well, dude, I don't know. I guess with both of them, I I would say I'm most impressed with the CGI on Kong because mm-hmm. 
you they spend a lot of time in detail with like individual hairs and his right. facial we, feature. And also when he's when he's on a boat and he gets drenched in water and you're mm-hmm. watching the water pour off of like individual pieces of fur from this right. giant gorilla. Right. Like it looked beautiful. And then oh, on yeah. the other hand, you look at Godzilla and you can see like individual scales and you yeah. can see like these details in the you way can, that his can, tail like, moves and dude you can feel like the rough the roughness of Godzilla yes. like how like he like how scaly he really like you can feel that texture as you're watching the movie and i think i think one of the things for me with i mean obviously i'm very impressed with how Godzilla looked but this is also like this is the third Godzilla movie so right he's looked this good for a little bit now the reason he looks, I think, even better in this movie is the way he's framed and the way they actually move the camera through the space that he's in. Yeah. The thing with Kong, you know, Kong is Kong is an ape, and so he's more humanoid than Godzilla is. And the fact that you look at him and go, "Man, that looks," I mean, that that could be real. Yeah. Like, it, it's not obvious. Like obviously, it's not, but it looks pretty. It looks pretty close. Like they're on the uncanny valley. They're like at the ledge. Of the uncanny valley, right. like they are so, they were so close to the peak of the uncanny valley yep. here that one little, one little tweak or one little change could have just well, dropped. And, that, them. and that's but, where you want to be. But and that's exactly that's a, a huge of, compliment. There's not a lot of films that can get there. No, there's you no. know we we rarely ever get to that point and can yeah. just hold steady. Mm-hmm. And so it was cool actually seeing them be able to pull that off because I don't think. I don't think that there's a lot of films that have done it. Right. Um, and I'm not, and I'm not sure that there's a lot of other studios that could pull it off reliably. I don't even know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if so. they could do it again, Yeah. to be honest with you. Like I was so impressed by the visuals of this yeah. movie that it feels like it would be hard to recreate. That's what one thing Adam Wingard said, I think in an interview was cause people at someone, I don't know. He was in an interview with someone and they asked him, you know, why wasn't there a, a a post-credit scene. He was like, I just, he said, we did originally shoot one and it was in the movie, right? And it was in the movie. But as we were going through the editing, you know, we kind of just came to the decision that we just wanted people to enjoy where the franchise got to. Yeah. And we didn't, we didn't really want to push it any for, we didn't want to tease anything or make any promises. We Mm -hmm. just wanted them to, we just wanted to say, Hey, we, we got where we wanted to get. We got these two, to, we got you know we got these two to their first ever you know big ticket matchup, so here like then just enjoy that and I thought that was I thought that was a good choice. I also thought like for being a monster movie, there are a lot of like there are a lot of directing choices that made it feel kind of like like a pulpy like eighties action movie like all of like the crash zooms that they like that scene where um Kong gets like jolted by that yeah by the whatever that uh thing that hovercraft thing and his you know his like his shoulder is dislocated so he just fucking jams his shoulder <laughs> yeah. into a building and he like pops it back in and they do the crash zoom on his face as he like does the snarl with like his fist like he's ready to fucking fight yeah so, dude though there are so many shots like that like when they happen you watch them you're like oh that was that was pretty cool like yeah. moments that just kind of make you like give you that like childlike like excite like burst of excitement when you watch like really good action for the first time. Well, and I think I think that's so much of the appeal of this movie is that yeah. it was it blended 
action films. It blended aspects of horror. It was just as much an alien movie as it was a monster right. movie because mm-hmm. essentially that's what the Titans are, at least right. to the people around them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of how they're treated. And it just brought right. like it brought all of those things to life in a story that like was actually it was what we wanted to see visually and yes. it, and it was lacking all of the things that we wouldn't want. That like I'm I'm so it, yeah. I'm I'm just as impressed with what they were able to leave out as right. I am with what they kept in the movie. I mean, this because movie, it was it's only an hour and 53 minutes. Yeah. Like it's a it's a pretty quick movie. It it feels it feels like that too. And I think that was another another huge advantage I think this movie cuz I I'm I imagine they shot probably, you know, 4 hours of of content sure. of the story and the fact that they were able to cut it down to minute 53 uh, one hour 53 minutes and it still feel cohesive well and, and to have a director who's willing to do that right who's willing to say right. we're only well, going to put on screen what is necessary right because he i mean i imagine he went in you know into the like he went in with the idea that you know he's gonna have a story that's as that wastes no time and gets to the gets to the fight sequences, mm-hmm. right? He's a guy that I I think Adam Wingard's a guy that kind of understands what people want in a story, especially like this. And you know, th- this is a genre where a lot of fans don't really want some super hardcore, you know, like uh, not Tarantino, um, like Chris Nolan esque kind of plot. Right. They don't need something super complicated or complex. They don't need characters with deep dark backgrounds and that are going through all this stuff they don't need huge human character arcs they want they want the monsters to fight each other they want someone to win we yeah. got we got both of those things but here's here's another thing we got in this movie we kind of got a little like kong feels like a character yes in this movie like you can tell he's like going through emotionally complex issues but they never they never touch on it to the point where it gets like kind of corny like you want to have you want your monster characters to feel like they have brains, but you don't want to you don't want to treat them as if they're humans. Well, yes, and well, and they did. That's a they didn't try to make him human like, but right. you could see through his actions and through his facial expressions, you could see him thinking, and that right. like that was the key to what made him so interesting. Right, that's what made him someone I was like. It made it easier to watch the movie knowing like. Okay, this guy's not just kind of trying to kill someone or kill a bunch of people and fight a monster. Like he's, he's actually trying to kind of get his life together in a way, right. which was is super. It wasn't a super complex like, you know, the groundwork wasn't super complex. The the path wasn't super complex. That was good though, right? It was. It made it a lot more fun to watch. I fucking loved this movie. Yeah, and I, uh, I thought it was great. Tell you what, I've last I've watched the last forty five minutes probably five times. Oh yeah. Like, it's just so, it's just like, like, and I like, I I don't know why it's, I'm like, I've watched it four or five times. And every time I watch those, those sequence, those fight sequences, there's those amazing shots every time and just get like that, that giddy energy. Like finally someone like made a monster movie that was just (laughs) fun. It's like a your favorite Saturday morning cartoon with a $200 million budget and just really good directing. Yeah. That's what this movie felt like to me. And that's exactly, I, you rarely get exactly what you want in a movie, especially a movie like this. These movies are usually very disappointing. This Agreed. one, this one wasn't. I loved it. Kind of my 
my final thoughts yeah. on this. You and I have talked for years pretty extensively yeah. about movies that are good versus movies that are entertaining. Right. Many a time have we walked out of a movie theater and we're like, that was fun to watch. Yeah. But we could probably sit there and go on and on about why it was not a good movie. Right. And this was both. Yes. It was it was extremely entertaining to watch. Yeah. And you know, there are a few action films that kind of balance the entertainment and just being, you know, technically sound as a film. Right. Um, to me, obviously, Mad Max comes to mind. Right. Um, John Wick, the whole series, comes mm-hmm. to mind. Yes. And this, not to not to try to put it on a pedestal with those types of films. Right. But that's what this did. Mm-hmm. It was it it wasn't bogged down by unnecessary story. Right. It was some of the most fun I've had watching a movie in oh, a yeah. long time. Oh yeah. Um, and it was kind of it was entertainment in sort of its purest form it, right. because it it was watching two monsters fight it literally was pure and the the whole point of the movie was just pure entertainment yeah and and they achieved that which they nailed it it was the it's one of those rare exceptions where you know the pure entertainment value that you get just kind of overshadows any any problems or issues the movie might have and this one has plenty sure it's not a it's not some amazing character piece with a beautifully written story and blah blah you know it's right. none of that it's not a it's not going to win oscar for be- for best picture not that i like movies that win the oscar for best picture some of those movies are dumb as shit but now as, the, the oscars are just the netflix awards now i've only <laughs> I, this dude usually oscar season rolls around i'm like oh, i've seen ha- at least usually half of the best picture nominees yeah. maybe a few more i've seen one and a half the best picture. Yeah, I didn't Maybe. watch any of the Best Picture nominees last year. And you know what? I don't care. I'm a guy like I love I love deep dramatic stuff. Like like uh have you seen the movie Prisoners with Hugh Jackman and um Jake Gyllenhaal? Uh yes, I'm that sure is, I like, have. It was a dark, dramatic, like emotionally like grinding movie and it's really well done. It's really well made and it it's one of my all-time favorite movies, and I I enjoy watching stuff like that. I enjoy drama, but I'm also kind of a kid at heart, and I just love watching giant monsters kick the shit out of each. Like, yeah, sometimes that's just fun. that's as much, if not more, fun than watching those movies that are like trying to challenge me mentally. Yeah, dude, and that's I'm exactly what this movie was to like the extreme level. Yeah, and I loved it. What would you What would you give it for a grade? Um, I'm gonna. I got mine locked. I'm gonna give it a B plus. Damn it! I was gonna say B plus too. I'm gonna give it a B plus as well because it's like here's how like I it's it's the perfect B movie, but because it has all the like all the money thrown at it and these amazing special effects, that's what elevates it to like the B like the B plus category because yeah. it's a perfect B movie with all the extra goodies that you could get from a big budget thriller. Dude, this seeing the. I, and I, I said this to you while we were watching it too, but seeing the yeah. CGI in this movie made me so appreciative of Transformers and of uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Like how like, ahead of its th- time. Those movies, dude, were so far ahead of those oh, ahead yeah. of their time. Because I watched oh, yeah. this, I watched this, and it reminds me of Transformers, but Transformers right. came, what, 15 years ago? Yeah, uh, 
2007. So almost 15 Getting years. Getting close. Now. Yeah, 14 years ago. 14 years that, ago? I mean, that's just kind of a side note, but... I would have been nine. That's Damn. crazy. I was a little baby back that's then. That's crazy. Dude, I... Yeah, it makes you appreciate... But it also kind of makes me, like, disappointed in the Transformers series because... Especially, like, after the first movie, yeah. the action in the Transformers movies is, like, nausea-inducing because they don't know where to put the camera. You're, like, watching right. You're watching two monsters fight, and they're, like, taking up the entirety of the frame. There's no <laughs> wide shots. There's no, like, individual single sh- Like, it's just, like, everything's happening <laughs> in the frame. And it's, like, I don't know. Me- there's just metal moving around in the, yeah. in the, in the screen right now. But dude, I agree. I agree, especially with Pirates of the Caribbean. I think that movie was those all three of them. I know people shit on the second, third, and fourth ones. I think all five movies are very enjoyable to watch. Very enjoyable. I don't love the second. I think third. four of the five are. I think the second and third are probably the weaker movies. But I don't know. I don't know if it's. I don't know what it is. But they are just fun. It's like a Saturday afternoon movie kind of thing. Like I'll tell you what, first one's in my top fifty. Really? Yeah. Damn. All right. Yeah. I'm excited to talk about that. All right, dude. All right, man. You want to bring them out? Or you want me to do it? You got it. Okay. <laughs> okay. You're so sad. He's such a sad boy. Thanks for listening. Thanks I for was, okay. That was thanks for watching. If you're that watching, was weird. hello to you. Hi. Thanks for watching. Um. Check us out anywhere that you check out content. Except for Twitter because... Who cares? F Twitter. F the Twitter. Okay. Kind of like that, you know, that movie F the Prom, but F the Twitter. Um, Instagram. Instagram. Facebook. At front underscore row media. That's right. On Instagram. Facebook, we're front, front row, row seats. seats. On Facebook, yep. we are front row seats on YouTube. YouTube. We are front row podcast um, everywhere else on the on the all the Stitcher, all the audio Apple platforms. Pods, yep. Um, we host it on SoundCloud, SoundCloud, Spotify. Spotify. We're everywhere. The other day, just out of curiosity, I googled yeah like FRP and some random like one of the and, episode names, and I saw like our our like tenant yeah episode just like pop up on some random website that I was like yeah I don't know what that is. Doesn't matter, dude. Look that's us up. The, that's Look the us greatest up. thing. The Look. greatest thing about SoundCloud is. We have the whatever the RSS feed, I think, is what it's called. They host it everywhere. We, we have to send it to, you know, we have to send it to Spotify. We have to send it to Apple. But because we pay for that hosting platform, a whole bunch of other applications don't have, you do not have to send the RSS. Yeah. SoundCloud just sends it to them. That's cool. And it's amazing. I don't so, even know all the platforms run. I don't either. There, there are so many. And we'll never know. They're podcasting. It's so weird that there are so many pod. I would, I always would have thought it would have been like Spotify, Apple, Stitcher. Like those are the three that would have complete. But people have just the randomest. And people host podcasts on their own websites. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. there's just random podcasts all over the place. It's, it's crazy. It's awesome. I love it. It's nice. It's nice for us because we can put it out wherever we possibly can. Yeah. Which is nice. So anyway, go to your favorite platform. Type in FRP episode, pick a number between 1 and 23, and I you'll mean, find... Yeah, this is going to be 24. You'll find something you like, hopefully. Oh, yeah. Behind the front um, row's coming soon. Behind the front row coming really soon. Really excited about that. That'll be a cool a cool new show we're going to work on. So, um, anyway, like, subscribe, that. comment. Do all the things. All Listen, of the things. If you're listening or if you're watching, you know what to do. You know... You, we don't have to. We don't have to bog you down with the like. Tell your friends. Tell your. But here's what we will bog you down with. Tell your friends. Tell your mom. Tell your mama. Tell your brother. Tell your papa. Tell your dog. Tell your your 
you know, third cousin don't twice tell, removed. Don't tell your cats because I don't want cats listening you know to what? our podcast. Cats are... <laughs> I don't care. Don't tell small dogs either. Small dogs Oh, absolutely cats. not. Listen... If you're gonna, if you're gonna, with with exceptions, there are exceptions to the rule. Always, Gus. But yes, if you're gonna tell an animal, it better be a dog. It better be a a dog, like a Leo dog, a big dog, big boy, or like a you know fifty pound, like medium size, fifty pound medium dogs are good. But just no cats. Most small dogs. I see if if a single cat listens to our podcast, I swear to you, Gus, I will delete everything. No, you won't. I will wipe our feed clear. (laughs) Yes, I will. So don't you dare. Don't nobody. Let their cat listen to you this. You heard it here. Don't, don't. Oh, don't do it. God, cats. Cat, dude, cats are. The worst. I have met. I have met one cool cat, oh. but it was an outside cat, so like it didn't live in the house. Dude, just cats. So man. I didn't have to interact with it every dude. every waking minute. <laughs> What's the deal with cats, right? I don't know. I don't know. We could have a behind the front row about that shit. Maybe we will. Maybe we will. All right, man. All right, dude. We'll see you guys next good time. Good work today. Hey, that was a great job. It was good. I love that movie, man. Like, seriously. Yeah, it was... It's good stuff.